This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today I'm talking about Tommy Lafon, and he was the first black man millionaire, and he lived from 1810 to 1893. Now, Tommy Lafon was born into poverty on the 28th of December, 1810. He was a free person of color, born in Louisiana to a free woman of color who was of Haitian descent. Her name was Modeste Foucher Lafon. Now, her mother, meaning his grandmother, had been enslaved when his mother was born. Now, Tommy Lafon's father was a Frenchman, and his name was Pierre Larode Lafon. And he was therefore, meaning Tommy Lafon, part of the mulatto group that we know as the Creoles. Now, Tommy's father left the family when he was very young, making life extremely difficult for his mother. Lafon himself had very limited formal education. However, he would go on to educate himself. There was an early jobs included selling cakes, and he even had a little store where he actually sold his cakes. Because he did very well with his self-learning project, he later also even taught school. And by 1842, He was listed in the New Orleans Business Directory as a merchant, and he was about 32 years old at that time. As he acquired financial resources, he used those resources to acquire real estate, and that's how he really made his fortune was through real estate. So by the time we get to 1868, he was listed in the business directory as a broker, and by 1870, His personal wealth was $250,000, which at that time made him the richest African-American person in the United States. Now, in his personal life, there's no real record that he ever got married or that he ever had any children. However, he did own many fabulous real estate properties throughout Louisiana though he himself lived in a very modest home, not anything special, not anything fancy at all. And he lived very frugally and it's believed that he might've lived with a sister. Now, though Tommy Lafon, because of his appearance, was such that he could really pass for white if he chose to, he didn't operate in that way. He always acknowledged himself as being black. And he had quite a legacy of philanthropy. And I want to talk about some of the organizations that he donated to and also some of the organizations that he founded. So when we think about donations, they went to organizations like the American Anti-Slavery Society, the Underground Railroad, the Catholic Institute for the Care of Orphans, the New Orleans University, the Little Sisters of the Poor, the religious order of the Catholic family. So as you can tell, 
he was a member of the Catholic Church. Now, organizations and institutions that he founded included the Tommy LaFond School, and the school he founded was known as the best education for Blacks in Louisiana until it was burned down in 1900 by a white mob in a race riot. He also found the LaFond Orphan Boys Asylum, the home for aged colored men and women, and he started the Tribune, which was the first Black newspaper in the post-Civil War South. And he also was a part founder in an organization called Friends of Universal Suffrage. This was a mixed race group for the support of African-American males having the opportunity to vote. By the time that Tommy LaFon died in 1893, he left resources to take care of his family members. And in addition, he left a half million dollars to New Orleans charities, a large group of charities, including the Institution Catholique des Orphelins Indigents, which would be translated the Catholic Institution for Indigent Orphans, but it was really the institution for poor African-American children, and he wanted them to be cared for. He received some honors and some recognition. Shortly after his death, he was recognized by the Louisiana legislature for his contributions. And he was the first Black person to ever be so honored by a state. Also in 1939, the 1940 World's Fair in New York listed him as a notable contributor to American progress. So I think that Tommy LaFon is a great example of someone who thought beyond himself to what he could do for others. He was blessed with great financial success and he chose to share it with other people. And that's why we even know his name today. Many of his contributions were to religious organizations who were involved in charitable pursuits. So a question I have for you is how can you, as a business person, use your resources to make a difference beyond yourself and beyond your immediate family. And as you think about that, I want to leave you with today's biblical word of wisdom, which comes from Galatians 6.10, and it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says, contact us. 
that's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.